Welcome to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz, a candid conversation as we learn about types of dementias, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, frontal temporal, and Lewy body, and the effects on the people we love. Jill's years of dedication and experience help you adapt, overcome obstacles, and find positive outcomes. It's time for Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. Well, hello, my friends. I hope everybody's doing well. Uh, today, I thought what I would talk about is um, revisiting when you see a doctor and what you need to say to the doctor and what is their role? How how do they work with people with various dementias and do they work with people with various dementias? These are things that pop up every single day. And I I really think that uh, part of it is we have unrealistic expectations for our general physicians. Uh, general practitioners, GPs, many times they work with a lot of different varying issues for people. Obviously, you could come in with a broken arm. You could come in with a sinus infection. You could come in with ringing in the ears. You could come in with flu symptoms. Um, And oftentimes, you see that same person over and over through the years. They're your family doctor. They're, you know, they might be the country doctor. They might be a city doctor. Whatever it is, no big deal. But their role is really to look at general issues going on with you. And they reach into their toolbox, which is either diagnostics, sending you to the hospital for x-rays or blood work or whatever it is, or they prescribe some medication to you. So in general, they're not really, you know, neurologist per se. They may not have taken any neurology as a specialty. When they uh, go yearly or whenever it is that they are required to do some type of um, upkeep, uh, continuing education credits, um, things like that, they may focus on what they see the most in their office not necessarily anybody having memory problems. It could be people with chronic headaches. It could be people with depression. They see all kinds of issues coming through their office, and they're trying to do the best they can to communicate with you and get the information from you so that they can diagnose what the problem is and treat it the best that they possibly can. So when you're in their office and you're coming to them with a neurological disorder or a disease that you think could be occurring, they may not be the specialist to recognize it. And that's why they maybe will just label it dementia as opposed to saying what type of dementia disease it is. Um, And they may not offer to send you to a specialist. And part of that is because of what you do or do not know 
about the disease. I meet people all the time that think dementia is just a lessening of Alzheimer's. It's just not as bad of a condition when it, when it's not. It's just a a, a um, definition. So you might not know very much at all about Alzheimer's or vascular dementia or anything like that. You may just know general information. You might not have any family history. You may or may not know if there's um, any generations in the past that have shown any symptoms. Maybe you have a little bit more knowledge and you've worked maybe in an Alzheimer's unit or at an adult daycare or maybe you're a nurse or a CNA or something like that. Maybe you've had a family member with it and you think you know a little bit about it, but they called it hardening of the arteries or senility or something like that when you were dealing with it. Maybe you just know that a relative had it, you know, um, his mom or his sister had it or whatever it is. Um, maybe you just know what you hear on the media, which is not always the best source. Maybe you feel like you know more than most people. Maybe you've read some journals. Maybe you've read some articles. Beautiful. But what you don't necessarily know is what to do about it or who can help take care of it. So yesterday I had a class and it was brought to my attention that a family that was in the class wonders why their particular caregiver or not caregiver, I'm care, care company like an HMO or, you know, like that. They wondered why they don't have um, specialists or GPs that know very much about Alzheimer's. And so my response to that was that they need to ask for a referral and ask for a referral from a neurologist who works with cognitive and memory loss. Because there's neurologists that work with other specialties. So asking for the right type of neurologist and the right type of appointment makes a difference. So if you, I mean, just to give you an example that even if you go to that neurologist, they may turn around and and give you Aricept or Namenda or the Aricept patch, which is Exelon, and it doesn't do much to change the trajectory of the disease. So you might need to ask, do they have any resources they could lead you to on ways to live with the diagnosis? Are there support groups you can get in? Is there a way that they can talk to you about uh, filing for Medicaid if there's no money to pay for any care or even the office visits? Um, 
somebody that can tell you about how the progression of the disease runs, it isn't always the doctor and their medications that can be the most helpful to you. So it was really great that I had a a doctor that was on the call uh, who was a pediatrician, and he was saying that he had some issue that he had to go to the doctor uh, to address and that the doctor had led him to a physical therapist, and the physical therapist was the person who really helped him through the problem that he had. And had he not have seen the physical therapist, he might not have had the results that he had and feeling better. And that's a great analogy because we're talking to the wrong people sometimes and we're not asking the right questions. We're not asking for the right referrals. We're not asking for the right resources. I don't blame any of you in Caregiver Nation about that. But for those of you who listen to my show and listen to past shows, I try to educate you in these areas because it matters and I want you to feel like you have tools in your toolbox that you can go on my website, Summit Resilience Training, and look under the Knowledge Center tab. And I have a lot of information, about 45, 50 pieces of information that could guide you on some question that you have. If I don't have anything on that Knowledge Center about what you're specifically looking for, go to my blog and podcast page. And um, on my podcast, in the search bar, you can put pretty much anything you want to. Uh, looking for a care community, a nursing home, uh, going to the doctor, difficult behaviors, managing your own emotions, hard questions that you might have, um, what's a power of attorney, what do they entail, all that kind of stuff. All that information is in there. And if you put it in the search bar, it will bring up the shows that I have addressed those issues with. So there are ways to get the help that you need, but you have to be resourceful and thoughtful and curious of what kind of resources you can ask about. So it really, really made me think today that it wouldn't be nice, you know, to to talk those things through and to and to say, yeah, yeah, maybe your general practitioner doesn't know much about Alzheimer's. So ask for a referral, ask for the right type of referral, ask for the right type of doctor. And then when you go to the doctor, I really want you to think about taking some notes on what you're seeing, the symptoms that you are seeing, the deficits and impairment that you are seeing? What are you concerned about? What has changed in that person's personality that has made you worry about it to begin with? And make notes. What are the personality changes? What are the memory changes? You know, are they struggling to uh, pick up everything that they need at the store? Are they... Are they 
cooking the same way? Are they cleaning the same way? Are they taking baths or showers? And jot all that information down and send it to the doctor through the portal or um, in a message that you want to send them, you know, a week or so before you have an appointment and ask them to review the information. That way they have a better chance of addressing the concerns that you have and giving you the right resources to try to get you started in the right path and to work with you the best that they can to get you all all the things that you need and answer all your questions. And even the Alzheimer's Association, they try to give you lists of doctors and uh, lawyers and, you know, different information and so forth. But they're a little limited these days in what they can send you. So, again, take what you can. Try and, try and look for the right places to go. Who, who's going to teach you about the brain? Who's going to teach you about managing your own emotions? Maybe a gerontologist. You know, if you have other things going on, you smoke a lot, you've got COPD, things like that, maybe it's good to see a gerontologist and then ask that gerontologist to send you to the right type of neurologist to deal with the brain and the issues around the brain. These are super important things to think about and to work through before you ever go to the doctor. So don't blame your GP, general practitioner, if they are not completely up to date on the information that you need or guiding you to the best resources that you need. It's really not in their wheelhouse. It isn't. So hopefully that will help get you to more specific, focused information that can really guide you to where you want to go and give you the information that you need. It's a it's a vast landscape that we are in. It's a little bit like being on an island. I hope that my shows um, can continue to help you with that information. But if it doesn't, um, I can't imagine. I hope I've I've done in five years of shows. I've touched on something that you have a question about, and I hope that we can get you to where you want to go. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, I'm going to talk about maybe changing doctors, asking for those referrals, and are you stepping on somebody's toes if you do that? Probably not. They'll probably be be glad to send you where you need to be so that you're feeling more um, supported and cared for. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. Living and working with Alzheimer's and other dementias can often be challenging. Summit Resilience Training provides education, utilizing non-medical approaches for those who work with our friends affected by dementia. Believing families still need one-on-one assistance, we provide classes which help them understand the diseases affecting their loved ones, offering strategies and techniques for success with activities of daily living and working with confusing behaviors. 
we offer in-home assessments to clarify symptoms of dementia diseases and help families work together to find moments of joy while living with memory loss and impairment. Education programs instilling person-centered care philosophies are offered for professional caregivers working in communities and homes, which can be customized for their staff. Training is also available for first responders, such as law enforcement, fire, and EMT personnel. We are passionate that people with dementias, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and others, are approached with compassion and understanding, and those who work with them have all the tools they need for success. Call us at Summit Resilience Training, 303-420-6988, to schedule a class or in-home assessment. Visit our website at summitresiliencetraining.com for more information. Welcome back to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. Okay, so if you ask for a referral, sometimes we think, well, that might hurt our doctor's feelings. Uh, Please, don't worry about things like that. It's important that we get you to the right doctor so that they can rule out any other issues that could be going on in somebody's body. We call those comorbidities. That person could have diabetes. They could have blood pressure issues. They could have heart issues and things like that. So your doctor isn't going to get their feelings hurt. You can still go to that doctor for all the other run-of-the-mill problems that you have throughout your life. But it takes a specialist in these areas to really... Um, help you get right down to the brass tacks of what is going on and rule out any other things that could be causing um, memory loss or, or cognitive loss and help you smooth through those things. So how do you best educate yourself in the other realms? If the doctors can't really do anything except for in their toolbox provide some um, pharmaceuticals to, you know, help with anything that's going on. You have to find other ways to work through some of these issues. So, this is where I really strongly recommend that you read whatever you can get your hands on. Check the internet. WebMD has a lot of good information. There's a lot of different ways that you can uh, try to gain knowledge in this area. Attending support groups is a huge way to learn about neurologists that could be at your fingertips, uh, people that have gone to one that they really enjoyed. Sometimes there are social workers at your doctor's office and definitely at the neurology office that can help you Um, trying to find the information that you need, maybe giving you access to good support groups or good information to read or podcasts to listen to or what have you. Um, Look up how to handle difficult behaviors. I've had a dozen shows or better on difficult behaviors. Sometimes that's the thing that we need. 
Sometimes you just need to read a good book. Again, I keep touting my website, but I've I've spent a lot of time putting a lot of information on my website. And under resources, I have listed about 25 or 30 books that could help you. Um, you could certainly look at videos on YouTube, things like that, that will give you a little bit more information. We all have to find that medium that's going to provide the information how we want to see it, how we want to take it in. Is it going to a class in person? Is it sitting in a class on Zoom? Is it watching videos on YouTube? Everybody Googles everything nowadays. So maybe there's some things that that you could find on there. I always enjoy going to University of Colorado Hospital when they have seminars, when they have um, what they call grand rounds. I like sitting in on those and listening to doctors talk. And I'm so grateful that Dr. Huntington Potter, who runs our Rocky Mountain Center for Dementias, always sends me information when there's a neurologist coming to town or someone is talking about a specialty in the neurology area. Um, For me, it's Alzheimer's, Lewy body, frontal, temporal, or Parkinson's disease. So I go to those all the time. I really do. And, of course, I talk to my clients all the time, so I'm always talking to caregivers. I'm always talking to people with the diagnosis. For years, I ran the early stage group, so that gave me just a wealth of information into the mind of how various dementias affect the brain and how it affects the lobe areas of the brain that give us the strength to do the things that we do walking, talking, dancing, brushing our own teeth, following sequences, um, recognizing objects, recognizing um, faces, uh, language, impulse control, you know, dealing with apathy, all those kind of things. So I look this information up all the time. Other things you could do is go be a volunteer, like at the Alzheimer's Association or something like that, or the um, Vascular Dementia Association or the Parkinson's Association or whatever it is, and um, maybe volunteer some time with people that have the disease. That would help you a lot. I think you'll get your best information when you're actually working with someone that has a diagnosis. For me, that's been invaluable. I mean, it's just been amazing. And I research everything I can get my hands on. I really do. I look at medical journals. Um, I try to look at any research that's going on around the country. Um, I make it my business to try to understand this disease as best as I can because I'm non-medical. And I'm trying to help all of you through this call and the podcast and through the classes and the support groups and such. So I need to be as up-to-date as I can. So I attend as many conferences as I can go to. I try to spend a little bit of time um, talking to neurologists and asking questions of them, um, 
doing my own research, educating myself and educating all of you as much as I possibly can. And for myself, I attend self-care options. I get massages. I talk to a therapist sometimes. I talk to clergy. I deal with so many people who die uh, with these various terminal diseases that sometimes it takes a few shots at my faith and I need to talk to, you know, clergy about it so I don't lose my faith in God or anything else. All those things, I think, make a huge difference. Any way that we can, you know, sit in on a support group and and um, try to vent and get this out of our system, I think is a good thing to do. And adult daycares kind of disappeared during the pandemic of 2019 through 2021, but there are still a few available that you could go to. There are senior centers all over the place. So um, they have stayed open. So if you can can go to a senior center and um, work with their day program, I think that's a really good idea. If you need to take a break, Easter Seals still has respite care that they will give you like $1,000 to go somewhere and do something um, and pay for a night for your person to stay at uh, maybe a memory care or something like that overnight or for a few days. And certainly look at the resources of uh, home care. You know, these home care agencies... They have a tendency to charge a lot, but usually it's a three-hour minimum. They'll come to your home. They'll help you with as much as they can. That's a really good option if you can get the person in there soon enough. If you wait till the person's in later stages, um, you're probably going to not convince them to let somebody come in. So you have to work on those kinds of things. I'm doing a shorter show today because, uh, unfortunately, I woke up with a little bit of a headache. Uh, so maybe I'm not, I'm kind of jumping all over the place and I don't mean to be, I apologize, my friends. But, Again, when you go to a doctor and you're looking for resources and you want to know how you can get the best diagnosis, again, write down those changes in their behavior. When did you first think they were happening? When did you think it could be Alzheimer's or memory loss? Have they had a stroke? Have they had any TIAs? Are they suffering with severe depression? Have they had hearing loss and maybe they're not hearing you when you talk to them? What's normal aging versus, um, you know, Alzheimer's type aging or short-term memory loss? 
Is the person just absent-minded? Are they not paying attention? Are they not sleeping well? Are they depressed? Do they drink a lot? All this information can help your GP guide you to the right neurologist who's going to work on the brain. And if you can get any history at all of anybody having this disease in the family, that is super beneficial. And if you want to be part of the solution, you can go on trialmatch.com and look at all the research going on all around the country and see what's happening near you. How can you get involved to try to make a difference? Just like the class or the, the not the class, I'm sorry, the podcast I had last week, um, we were talking about some of the research projects going on around the world and one that's going on, one of many that's going on right here in Denver and getting involved in that. And what are the risks? What are the rewards? What do you have to do? What's the day-to-day process if you decide to get into a clinical trial? All these things are available to you. So now when you're feeling a little bit bad that your general practitioner doesn't know all this, good news is I just did. (laughs) So if you have friends that are afraid of Alzheimer's, they're worried about talking to their person with a diagnosis, they're not including them in conversations, um, or they are including them in conversations and you want to make sure that you uh, address every single issue that you're having and get to the right people, it can be done. It can absolutely be done. And in the last two months or so, I have gone over in my shows ways to uncover the memory loss and cognitive loss that is happening, what you should do when you go to the doctor. I've had shows on all of this and more. So please, please, please peruse my podcast. Look at my research page for all the books that I have. Um, Look at my knowledge center on summitresiliencetraining.com and see what I have available for you. Attend my classes on the uh, first Wednesday of every month, 1.30 to 3.30 Mountain Time, and educate yourself and do the best you can to keep joy in your life and keep joy in the life of the person with the diagnosis. And as I always say, always see what they can still do, not what they've lost. And do the best you can to research, read, watch videos, and things like that so that you have those answers that you need because your GP may not be able to give them to you. And one last time, don't worry about asking for a referral, but be specific about what you're asking to be referred to, and that will help you enormously. I love you out there in Caregiver Nation. 
I've had computer problems for the last couple of weeks, and I'm a little behind uh, because I couldn't get the internet the last couple of days. So this is a shorter show, and I'm going to go home and take a nap and do a little self care myself. I love you all, and I will see you next week on Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. You've been listening to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. To learn more about her resources, services, classes, or to book speaking engagements, visit Jill's website at summitresiliencetraining.com. A new podcast drops every Tuesday, so join us as we learn more about dementias, resilience, and overcoming obstacles to find a positive outcome. Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz can be found on your favorite podcast provider. Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Musical and technical support provided by Brian Hunter. See you next week.